You're listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 159, where we will be discussing chapter 9 of City of Fallen Angels, From Fire Unto Fire. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. What, what? What, what? I'll what? say it. What, what? <laughs> what, what? <laughs> Kristen's forever peace signing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my god. How was everyone's week in the snow? Did you Dude, survive? I had I the worst here. week. Oh no. My entire family had the flu. I guess that's what I'm calling it, the flu. What is it? There's something happening. What is happening? Yeah, it's, well, I think it's norovirus is actually mm. what it is. But I don't want to, like, self-diagnose, you know. Um, I'm not, You're not rubble. I'm not well-equipped like Robin is. <laughs> but Monday night, I started feeling icky. And I started, you know, getting sick. And um, in the middle of the night, Lincoln got sick. And then we were starting to feel better. You know, it took, obviously... A lot. And then two days later, Cassie and Olivia started vomiting, like synchronized, just like Lincoln and I were basically. It was crazy. And then Saturday, Andy got it. And so it's worked its way through. We're all fine now. I mean, our tummies are all still a little sensitive. So we're ta- that's why it didn't take me long to eat because I'm still not able to eat <laughs> as much. Hot damn. But we survived. <laughs> it was a good week since we would have been stuck in the house anyway, you know because of the snow we missed you know daycare was closed and stuff so well that was well the only other thing that's weird to that is audrey because we went to lincoln's birthday party on sunday Uh and um audrey got sick monday monday morning like early in the morning all Uh through till like tuesday she was like her tummy was like kind of iffy but she Mm -hmm. wasn't like physically sick anymore but she had been sick for two weeks before with like a cold like a stuffy nose and, and uh-huh. a sore throat and then she got that on top of it and i was just like bro yep i'm sorry and she was like pushing herself she wanted to do her sports and everything and i was just like no no nope. not when you're vomiting not this week you need a break yep. we, your body has not had time to reset itself like no and so we took a week off from activities and um it was obviously a lot of stuff got canceled because of the snow and everything mm-hmm. also we didn't get any but everywhere else and um my husband's like, oh, it's so weird to see you in the evenings. <laughs> I'm not used to this. That's great. So maybe we picked up something at Chuck E. Cheese. I, maybe, but think, and I, my thing is, with my body, I can never tell if I, it's just normal, my body's out of whack, or if I wasn't feeling well either. Yeah. So I could have also been not feeling well, or it could just be my 35-year-old life. So yeah. I don't right. know. <laughs> yes. And then I, um, I finished Queen of Shadows and then I couldn't wait. So then I downloaded the Kindle of Empire of Storms and I, it's been a while since I've actually read a book. So I read it in a day, like oh my in God. a day and a half, like reading. And then, um, I started the, what is it? Tower of, I can't remember. Whatever it is. Just kidding. Just kidding. (laughs) I want to say it's Tower of Doom, but I think that's a a, a Tower of Dawn is what it's called. 
to Tower of Doom is like a Disneyland ride. Oh my god! And I'm just like, I can't stop until I know what happens. And maybe this is a hot take. It could be a hot take. I like this series better than Akatar and better Mo- than I think the most other people one. do. This is it. And this is okay. a Sarah yeah. Mass Moss uh-huh. stuff. Okay. And I got excited because I was listening to the Audible, and it's touted as like a YA book. It's right? not, which is mainly my thing and like things were okay i was like yeah like my kid could read this my kid could read this we got to empire of storms and i'm like no no <laughs> no well because it kind of started that way and then it, it as like it went on you know it's kind of hard uh-huh. to keep a series going for that long without some sex i'm sorry people have sex <laughs> that's true yeah which true. would be fine if you, because like obviously we saw in um, Clockwork mm-hmm. Princess, but the way it was fade written, it's kind of like a fade <laughs> to black, right? Which you could have totally done that. This is not no. like that. And I tried to even like maybe be like, we're getting older, maybe we could just, and I'm like, that's it. It's a no, <laughs> which sucks because she seemed interested because I was listening to yeah. it. And she's like, Aww. oh, is this a new book? Like, that sounds really cool. And I'm like, maybe something she'll, because she likes to read graphic novels, which is totally fine. There's nothing wrong but with that. By the time she gets to that book, she could be like 15. She, maybe. <laughs> is, it, is it like salted throughout? Maybe you could just be like, Please skip over it. Um, I don't think she would skip over it, which yeah. is probably it's probably fine. If she was a little bit older, I think I would be okay with it. A little bit more like that mm-hmm. maturity mm-hmm. of knowing, like basically, this is fiction. This isn't right. real. This is this. This is whatever. Like having that maturity with it. Um, I think what would get her on this. So, like I said, I've been listening mm-hmm. to them, and then I actually I read that book. And there's, I would not have been pronouncing things that the right. way the woman mm-hmm. is doing it. I can't remember her name. I really, really like mm-hmm. her, the lady that does the audible narration. I really love her. And um, I think that she's doing it more of what the author would want her to do. And I think that would irritate her, trying to read mm-hmm. it. Like the made up language mm-hmm. sort of thing. So I think she would probably more audible right. them than read them. And then she would catch right. up fast, obviously, would be my only. Although I will say I outpaced the Audible, like, tenfold. Nice. And I was very proud of myself. I'm like, this would have taken me, like, three or four yeah. days. That is kind of Because it's kind of like a performance. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm going to start back on them. But, like, it's a very big commitment, and I am a mood reader. And so I've got a plan that when I start my garden is when I'm going to start that series. So then every time I'm out in the garden or planting or doing something, I can be listening to it as like a Uh pairing. Like, for instance, and maybe this is a weird neurodivergent thing. As I'm saying this, it sounds weirder. Um, But I like to like, (laughs) I like to pair activities and like, because... I've, I heard this explained once as, like, someone with ADHD is, like, you have to be using 100% of your attention 100% of the time. So, like, if I'm doing a menial task that only takes 30% of my attention, I have to also be, like, listening to a podcast or reading a book or Same. something to, like, fill the the gap there. Because otherwise my mm-hmm. brain goes, like, Woo! and then I get distracted. Mm-hmm. So, like... 
Harry Potter, for me, is forever connected to Good Charlotte's Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous because I listened to that album on repeat when I read Harry Potter. <laughs> As ambiance. I can't listen when I'm reading. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a weird person. I don't know. I watched the movies on mm-hmm. repeat as I was reading the books, mm-hmm. and I would just cycle Ooh, through them. Ooh, the I like that. That sounds uh-huh. like a really nice. I literally, like, it's funny that you bring that immersion. up because I literally last night was just telling Andy, like, I'm so tired of just sitting here on my phone every mm-hmm. night after the kids go to bed or whatever. So I'm gonna start crocheting again, yes. just to do something with my hands. Hopefully, it'll make it so I'm stop snacking too. So it's so funny that you mentioned that just today. I literally said it last night. It's. It's very rare that I can sit and watch TV and not do anything else. Like, I have to have a project to work on. Unless Mm -hmm. it's, like, an event show, like The Last of Us or Game of Thrones, something like that, where, like, it's so important that I need to be, like, physically watching and listening and reading the captions as I, like, this is an immersive experience. (laughs) What you also could do is just have Robin watch it and then just ask her questions later. That's what I always do. (laughs) <laughs> that's what I do to my husband <laughs> that's why um, I like subtitles so I me can too. read and watch it at the same time I can't time. watch TV without subtitles oh, yeah. period end of mm-hmm. no I don't not not for me but I grew up with subtitles on because of course you did yeah of my grandparents so like it was not I'm like of course you can't hear the TV the subtitles aren't on <laughs> Like, you didn't never need to turn I up the volume too much on the subtitles. <laughs> yeah. Right, 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 right. <sighs> you pick a show and you just sit down and watch it. You don't need the remote for the volume. And it stuff. really funny, helps yeah. with like my nerdy brand of like fantasy shows and stuff because like accents and things, I my ears mm-hmm. they don't. Mm-hmm. They're like, I'm sorry, what? Like, absolutely not. <laughs> so, like, well, that's how I my brain it. fills up the other percent of it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I didn't realize that mm-hmm. originally, not that you freaking care, but we started doing subtitles because we would listen in Spanish and then subtitle mm-hmm. in English. That's cool. Okay. And um, oh, that's how Omar and I could watch movies together or whatever. So he could listen to it and I could read it and I was totally fine with it. And then we did it with Audrey when she was trying to learn. Spanish so she was just Mm -hmm. more immersed in it and stuff and then she could read it and do whatever and then I was just like how did I ever watch TV before this and then the answer was I really didn't (laughs) my dad had that we had one TV and it was my dad's so Mm -hmm. I didn't really (laughs) it was just background noise for you yeah Uh, yeah CSI Miami or whatever the computer was Robin's domain yep yeah Oh, man. I just finished um, Wings and Ruin, finally. <gasps> and I started, what was the next, Silver and something. Silver and I was flames. like, I don't think I'm going to start yet. I think I'm ready to jump back into Lady Midnight. So I am, yeah. um, I think I'm on like chapter 10. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Super into it so far. Uh-huh. I like it. Oh, my God. I love it. Super duper. I forgot how, not yeah. that, okay, I love Emma and Julian, and I, I just, I forgot how much I loved that series until I re-listened yeah. to Lady Midnight, and I was like, dude, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that I love so much, like, this might be, like, kind of sentimental, but, like, what we're doing here, and 
rereading and every time we go back like I remember like for for instance the uh um the one that we're talking about what is I just Lady Midnight yes the dark artifices Mm. when that when that first book came out I remember we lived next door to each other. It was during the summertime. I remember like very distinctly like listening to the book and cooking and like it brings back like those memories and that like nostalgia. And I don't know, maybe I'm just emotional because like I'm on my period or something, but like (laughs) (laughs) I've just been, everything makes me cry all the time. I've just been thinking about like you guys and this little like weird project that we've been doing and it it's really special and I love you and thank you guys for dealing and putting up with my like really annoying behavior because I am obnoxious so and I understand it and I promise I think we've established in my head all of us constantly (laughs) which I know you guys can relate to yeah yeah that reminds me we didn't talk about our tats because we're badass. Oh, yes. Did you pull off your oh, film? How they're doing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of keep... been itchy the last, like, two or three days. you got to keep putting lotion on it. I keep yeah. forgetting. Yeah. And I've been, just, I've been wearing uh, long sleeves. That's been helping me not, like, fuck, or, fuck with it. Okay. My the only time I notice it. it is when I'm cooking and I put it over a hot pot. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, shoot. Mine's, mm-hmm. like, almost... Completely it puts the healed. lotion on its skin. Yeah, mine's pretty good too. It's just the um, the mm-hmm. rune is the only thing that needs lotion. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, we we did that. We're bound forever now. I know you guys already were, but now uh-huh. I'm in this. Club. I didn't even fucking notice <laughs> yeah. that until we took the picture. <sighs> oh yeah, what? we picked the right arm. Literally. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, because like I do, like because I'm right hand dominant, so like. I wear my watch on my right hand, whatever. So when the option between right or left, I was like, right. Because you guys were each doing one. And then we did it. And I was like, oh, fuck. I probably should have thought that through another, like, two steps. So funny. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's great. (sighs) That's awesome. (sighs) Good stuff. All right. What do you guys say we cut the chit chat? Unless anyone has anything else to say. Do we have anything? No. All right. Let's cut the chit-chat and kick things off with Robin's recap. Previously on Downworld or Dish. Clary and Jocelyn arrive at the hospital to meet up with the mystique-looking warlock Katarina Loss. On the way down to the morgue, Clary and Katarina get into a little scuffle. Clary tries on her big girl shadow hunter shoes, and Katarina doesn't have time for her attitude. When they finally make it down, Katarina unceremoniously pulls out the drawer, revealing a demon baby, which makes Jocelyn think about her, Jonathan. Jocelyn hightails it out of there, leaving Clary to ask Katarina how the doctors didn't realize that it was no, not a baby anymore. <laughs> and she explains that Mondays sometimes just see what they want to see. Before we end scene, Clary sees a rune flash in front of her eyes that she's going to use on the blanket that the child was wrapped in to find the perp. At the Institute, Luke and Maris are waiting for a fashionably late Raphael. Once he finally holographs in, his council member cohorts waste no time telling him about the attacks and how his clan leader Camille was fingered as the murderer. (coughs) 
Raphael can't wait to spew off his list of 10 things I hate about Camille. The main one being that she started breaking the accords by killing humans, and Raphael put the brakes on and told her to get out of there. He was going to call the proper authorities. So she left New York City. Luke tells Raphael that he's been deemed her official scapegoat, and that's to continue with their investigative discovery. <laughs> they want to capture Camille alive. Moving on to Simon, he's at the show looking out into the crowd, spotting Izzy, Matt and Eric's girlfriends, and Maureen. Simon is feeling the effects of his vampy thirst before he gets on stage. Clary Shia surprises Izzy by showing up when she said she wouldn't be there because her mom was obviously feeling like demon smell and didn't want to do wedding shit. Clary spots her Nephilim bow and Izzy tells her to go confront him because you gotta cross over the anger bridge and come back to the friendship <laughs> store. Clary goes to confront him on why he's being such a jackass and he's not in the mood, so it ends in a disaster with Clary making a run for it. On stage, Simon has had enough, and he also books it out the door and into the alleyway, where he starts dry heaving. Maureen tracks him down and asks if he will take some glamorous photos with him, and he agrees because she's their only fan. Simon can't resist the temptation of the sweet scent of her human blood, and he sinks his fangs into her. Ah. All right, y'all. Shit is getting wild. Clary overheard that the scout at the show works for Disney, so she's hamming it up as she dramatically exits the theater into the pouring rain. It's New York, baby. You never know when you're going to get your big break, okay? You got to constantly be on. (laughs) So Jace follows her, but doesn't catch up to her until she's, like, down the alley, around the van, and about to cross the street. What? He's right. like superhuman, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, let's. She hasn't trained that hard. Exactly. Sorry. Uh-huh. It, and and we know some this. of us has to train every day. <laughs> Precisely. And honestly, let's just call it what it is. It's an excuse to get them both soaking wet while fully clothed, which I think we can all agree is the main theme of the Shadowhunter series. Like that is uh-huh. the the through line. <laughs> it's not Magnus. It's. The wet clothes. Right, right, right. (laughs) She woke up. Yep. Uncomfortably wet clothes. Right. Love triangle. Trying to hold water. (laughs) (laughs) So what happens next should be seen as a giant red fucking flag. Um, But because Jace is hot and this is a YA novel and these pseudo sibling star-crossed soulmates... um, it's going to get romanticized. So these are blah, blah, blah. Anyway. Um, so Jace grabs Clary by the arm and spins her around asking, Clary, didn't you hear me calling you? Oh, wait, you didn't take the hint, bucko? No? You feel entitled to my time and attention no matter how you treat me because you have some claim to me, motherfucker? I don't have to answer you. Mm. Yeah, I have no words. You said it all. Yep, every time. (laughs) So Clary tells him to let her go, which he does not do, which should be the fucking end of it right there. Um, Worse yet, he acknowledges her request, denies to comply, tells her not until you talk to me, and then drags her behind a van in an alley. Y'all, I thought Twilight was bad. What the fuck? 
And it literally says drag, right? Yes, he, like, like dra- drags yeah. her around by her arm after she told him to let him. Folks, if you tell someone to unhand you and they do not immediately unhand you, fucking done. They do not respect you. They respect what they think is their right to hold you in place more than they respect your own fucking autonomy. And that is a huge red fucking flag. I don't care how hot he is. No. Mm -hmm. I think it's a big stop sign. Big red stop sign. (laughs) Unhand me or catch these fucking hands. Yeah. I was literally enraged writing this. (laughs) You don't know that. Obviously, Jace is not a bad guy character, and he's not trying to hurt Clary in this situation. But before we move on, I felt like it was important because we critique and we critique we critique everything um, that we acknowledge that this kind of characterization of these like behaviors and situations perpet- uh, uh, per perpetuates a dangerous narrative that this kind of behavior is normal and we should expect and accept it from our partners, which is absolutely not fucking true. Like, this is the kind of thing that, like, if someone does this, they should be the bad guy. Like, we should not be... that. When people talk about, like, oh, you're romanticizing things, this is what romanticizing bad behavior is right here. So... Mm-hmm. Well, and on top of it, like he's having these terrible dreams that he's harming her, which is why he's not talking to her. And then when he sees her, this is how he treats her. Like, how? <laughs> well, and it does seem like this is how Jace would handle this situation, not how Jace under duress would handle this situation. Because, like, as we see, he changes the way he behaves, like when he's like under the influence of whatever is going on in his head. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't. I hate it. Anyway, so back to the place of it all. They're back in the alley where magically there's no underage kids drinking, which from my experience, I know is inaccurate. Yes. Or <laughs> at smoking, any show. At least. Yes, absolutely. It doesn't matter if the band's yeah. playing. We're still out back drinking at the van. Yes. <laughs> so um, Clary spins on Jace and tells him not to bother apologizing. Good on her. She's, like, standing up for herself. But Jace has no plans of apologizing, silly girl. Um, He was just going to let her know that he's been keeping watch over her bestie. Clary's bullshit meter has hit maximum capacity. It's time for answers. It doesn't matter how hot he looks wet, which is often described while they're having this conversation. is like the the rain sluicing off his eyelashes and shit. (laughs) So she wants to know... Dude, don't kink shame. It's fine. I'm just kidding. I've got a thing for mermaids. Everybody's got to be wet. She wants to know why he's been ghosting her, and she wants her damn phone back. Um, For some... Oh, my God, dude. That part where she's like, you still have my goddamn phone. I was like, get it, girl. Yeah, right? fucking dickhead um for some reason the consequences of treating his partner like garbage makes jace sad he's a sad boy because <laughs> you know the narcissism is strong with this yeah. one <laughs> so jace don't you see how you reacting makes me I feel fucking, 
for real. <laughs> Jace tries to explain that he thought being with Clary's best friend would be the next best thing to being with her. And he thought she would somehow magically decipher what he was doing um, and that he was doing and that his intention was to be doing it for her. And then she would forgive him without them ever having to communicate. You're right, Jace. That is fucking stupid. <laughs> What the fuck? Because watch out, Clary's BS meter just exploded. <laughs> Actually exploded. <clears throat> All of Clary's rage rose to the surface, hot, unstoppable, a hot, unstoppable tide. I don't even know what you think I'm supposed to forgive you for, she shouted. Am I supposed to forgive you for not loving me anymore? Because if that's what you want, Jace Lightwood, you can go right ahead and... She took a step. Oh, shit. Ah, the pages stuck together. <laughs> she took a step back, blindly, and nearly tripped over an abandoned speaker. Her bag slid to the ground as she put her hand out to the to write herself but jace was already there he moved forward to catch her and keep and kept moving until her back hit the alley wall and his arms were around her and he was kissing her frantically she knew she ought to push him away her mind told her it was the sensible thing to do but no part of her cared about what was sensible not when jace was kissing her like he thought he might go to hell for doing it but it would be worth it isn't that always how jace kissed you because he thought you were his sister. Oh, he thought you were his sister? <laughs> yeah. Okay, look. I don't know if you mentioned it, but I have to point out that it very specifically said, I think it was like she put her phone in her messenger yes. bag, yes. by yes. the way. <laughs> her messenger. I was like, dude, I feel called out. Uh, I definitely had a messenger Yeah, that's bag. why I have back issues. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you gotta one shoulder it. Channing Tatum, right? Is but that the guy? between yeah. like the the weird clogs in the nineties and fucking jelly shoes <laughs> and mm. messenger bags, we all have back problems. Yes. The hits just keep coming, for the dude. Sa- for yep. the sake of fashion, right? Oh my gosh. So the melodrama, I love it. I am part of the problem, okay? Like, because I could not (laughs) stop giggling through this. That's why I had to read it, because I couldn't get through Mm -hmm. trying to, like, tell you what it was. I had to to show you. So Clary's willpower crumbles at the feel of Jace's soggy t-shirt under her fingertips. Um, They're going at it, and Clary remembers that the physical aspect of their relationship has never been the problem. Well, technically, it was a problem there for a while at the beginning, but once the DNA test came in, it's been chill. So their <laughs> their current roadblock is communication, and surprisingly, making out in the rain. Wait, making out in the rain makes it hard to talk it out, because that makes sense. But Clary tries, pulling away just long enough to ask her moody boyfriend why he can't talk to her. Why can't he look at her? But he, but you're good enough to make out with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This scene gives me like such Bella and Edward vibes. Like, say it. But instead of vampire, Jace tells her that it's because he loves her. Which again, what are we doing, guys? What are we telling 
teenagers that like <laughs> a guy a guy doesn't pay attention this to you like steals your phone he punches you on the playground <laughs> and he has a crush on you exactly Bye. says mean shit yes. to you and that's because he loves you what the fuck and I understand. Yeah, he's picking on you because he likes you. Right. Mm-hmm. And I get I get that, like, Jace is fucked up and this is part of his arc, too. Like, he has to figure out how to communicate with people, I guess, because he doesn't know how. <laughs> Clearly. Um, okay. Yes. This is too sappy, but I'm going to cut in and get into it just because I can. Mm-hmm. We were, my husband and I were discussing our teenage daughter and dating and all this other stuff. And he was like, Oh, they're never going to date anybody until they're 18. And, da, 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 da. and I know part of that is just being like funny, yeah. but the other part of it, it's like the growing pains of like the next chapter of your life or whatever. And I specifically remember telling him, I'm like, look, you have two options. Either you're going to know about this person they're dating mm-hmm. or you're not. And they're going to do it anyway. Cause I remember being a teenage kid, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I really, I'd rather be involved. So when shit like this happens, yeah. you can say, this is not yeah. okay. And there's a sounding board and someone to talk to and someone to go through and it, all of the things and do that. Because even then, if you, like I told him, you know, this child going to another child for advice has the same child mentality because they're Absolutely. all about that mm-hmm. age. Oh, well, you're being mean or you're doing this or you're whatever. And you don't know what that friend giving advice is, background is or anything like that. I need to be the one that says this is not healthy. This is this. This is what you should do and be able to talk it through and make those things. So this sort of shit, Mm -hmm. like this book and the TV shows and all that does not get romanticized. And it's just shit's hard. It fucking is. It, it really is. Because you look at, like, a character like Jace, and you're like, yeah, Jace isn't a bad guy, but he's not being held accountable. Like, there should be a conversation here with Clary saying, look, you don't get to not listen to me when I tell you to leave me, like, to not touch me. Like, mm-hmm. just because it ended up fine doesn't mean that he shouldn't be fucking read the riot act for ignoring uh-huh. her. And not taking her yeah. own wishes and her own consent about who's touching her fucking body. Like, that's that's fucked. Now, this is, you know, older. And so, like, the, the talk around consent was different then. We're, we're mm-hmm. much yeah. more, like, well-versed and we have the vocabulary to talk about it more now than, than we did mm-hmm. then. But, yeah. I just, like, you got to get called out for your shit. I don't know. Uh-huh. Where was I? Where were we? Did we have anything else to say? <laughs> Sidetracked. You, um. Here, here. Uh, now this made me laugh. Okay, yeah. Now, now this made at. me laugh, but apparently it made Clary horny. Um, she, <laughs> she pulls Jace to her by his belt loops and he gives no resistance as it says. And they make out some more against the wall, but this time with dry humping. But, like, quick sidebar, is it still called dry humping if they're wet? Like, their clothes are wet, too. Like, they're soaking. Yes. It's just... It's a bump and grind. Right. That's what you'd call it, I guess. Okay, okay. So, between kisses, Clary tells Jace that that makes no sense. 
and which is true. Um, and Jace uh, continues his labyrinth of a conversation that is going nowhere, um, saying, I'm sick of trying to, quote, I'm sick of trying to pretend I can live without you. Don't you understand? No, because you haven't fucking talked to her in like a week. <laughs> exactly. So then he, so he adds, quote, can't you see it's killing me? <laughs> And Clary has to be like, oh, shit, I was too busy admiring how hot you look in Kyle's wet clothes to realize how fucked up you look. You look so like a Mundy. I was just so into it. (laughs) And she can see that he doesn't look 100%, but she's still horny, and that takes precedence. So, (laughs) fuck it. Literally. (sighs) Yeah. Um, so, uh, we get like a solid half page of them just pawing at each other's wet clothes as they make out in this dirty ass alley littered with like busted musical equipment, broken beer bottles, and approximately 10,000 cigarette butts. And if this was in Portland, probably some syringes. (laughs) Yeah. But like, also I would like to point out, Clary is wearing a dress and tights. Remember how earlier she was, like, freaking uh-huh, out about uh-huh. having to wear a dress to her mom's wedding? Doesn't seem like it's that uh-huh. big of a problem, does it? Hmm. Um, <laughs> so their Enrique Iglesias music, music video bubble gets burst by, quote, a horrific <laughs> clanging noise, uh, followed by Izzy appearing at the end of the alley. And Izzy properly admonishes them, asking, like, what is it exactly that they have against bedrooms like oh yeah this is her second stumble right why can they not like why do they have to be expeditious right it was the training room before right Uh yeah (laughs) so it takes a minute for jason clary to come like back down to earth uh so izzy fills the awkward silence explaining that she's looking for simon who ran off stage during their set uh, but upon further inspection, suggests that they proceed with the previous activities. Quote, what's the point in wasting a perfectly good brick wall when you have someone to throw against it? That's what I always say. <laughs> Gotta love Izzy. <laughs> with that, the spell was broken. Honestly, I still don't understand what just happened. Like, I, Jace seems mad now. Um, someone bit Clary's lip and it's bleeding. Uh so, well, she doesn't know if it was her or Jace. She's like, ah, yeah. I really don't know. Yep. But I taste blood. Um, <laughs> then Clary uh-huh. tries to... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Clary tries to say something, but Jace can't even. Like, literally can't even. Um, and takes off showcasing that superhuman speed that he didn't apparently use to catch up with her while she was still in the fucking building. It's so strange. <laughs> so strange. I guess he could have been shell-shocked and, like... What, but still, I feel like he would have caught up to her long before the street. Yeah. Also, like, remember that video, like, however many years ago, and it was that little kid, and he's like, hey, you bit me, Charlie. Charlie bit my finger. Charlie bit my finger. finger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is exactly what I would have said if, like, if I was kissing my husband and he bit me. I would notice that you bit uh-huh. me and I'm bleeding. That would hurt. That's not like a ouch no i'd be like hey what the fuck bruh ow how dare you no owies 
been around. I'm like, I can't say a word. <laughs> you're crazy. You're crazy. Crazy girl. You, but you're crazy. <laughs> All right, you guys. Someone. Okay, we're back to Simon in the, um, I think he's behind the curtain, basically, right? That's where he was. I think he's outside mm-hmm. in the alley. They're just in a different alley. He's like behind the club and they were on the side I of don't, it. I don't know. Because I think he storms out and goes out to the alley. Oh. So maybe I think there's somewhere. Still. Yeah, somewhere deep backstage mm-hmm. maybe. Anyway. Okay. So he, someone yells his name and luckily it's Kyle that found him. And so he pulls Simon off of Maureen and he sounds in my head just like an ICP song. And he's like, bitch, what the fuck? <laughs> Dude, um, that's like that stupid every time, same thing, ICP song in my head. When he's like, that back alleyway, hey, that is in my fucking head every time we've said alley. I can't get it out. I can't make they it have stop. Some good stuff, man. Like, your mama lives in a two story Dorito bag. Like, oh, what? What does that even God. mean? <laughs> Y'all, I drank so much fuego. So Simon's automatic response is a lot like my four-year-old. Although Simon says, I didn't mean to. And Lincoln says, wasn't me. (laughs) But (laughs) anyway, Maureen is still lying on the floor and she's completely still. So we still don't know like how she's doing. Mm-hmm. Kyle turns his mom mode on and he's like, I told you so. You didn't freaking listen to me and it backfired on you. Like, fuck, man. I can't believe you did this. I can't even imagine. Uh-huh. Simon pushes, he pushes Simon, Kyle does, because he's so angry. He like shoves Ooh. him. And the invisible bodyguard that is Simon's forehead shoves him back like really hard to where yeah. Kyle falls down or hits the wall or something like that sevenfold baby and kyle's like yeah yeah right (laughs) kyle's like bro this is bad just get away from her um they can hear that the band is starting to tear down so obviously they need to deal with this quickly and to me it's like i feel like them finding out would be obviously the less people that know the better but would be similar to kyle finding out just because they know he's a vampire like it's not like it's a huge, like you're completely hiding his identity, but whatever. I don't know. I would assume, I guess, that his friends would be pretty afraid of him if they knew what he was really capable mm-hmm. of. Because uh-huh. I assume that they're just like, ah, eh, he drinks animal blood. Like, right. he's fine. He's but a um, this is pretty. Yeah, yeah. He's a pretty stereotypical vampire behavior. Like, you're really, you're really falling in line, yeah. you know? So, realistic. <laughs> can you imagine, though, being. Yeah, being friends with a vampire and every time you got to check that they're not hungry. Like, hey, hey, man, you want to hang out today? Have you eaten? (laughs) (laughs) It makes me feel like I'm a vampire. Like, that's how my husband has to talk to me sometimes. I feel like if your best friend was a (laughs) vampire, you would always have snacks, like a cooler full of blood in the car. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Or. I just. This is the difference between men and women. <laughs> yes. Listen, I can't believe that the bandmates aren't always trying to convince Simon to turn them. That's what I think would oh, be. 100%. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. 
Always. Well, especially because they're not seeing all of his issues yet, like the, the struggles mm-hmm. that he's having with this lifestyle. It's just cool. Yeah, uh-huh. that's a good point. Yeah. And he's sexier and stuff. I swear to God, if Supposedly. either one of you turned into a vampire and didn't turn me into a vampire, I would stake your ass. <laughs> I think we've established Kristen's vampire. Robin's not going to be a vampire. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I mean, if, everybody, if I turned her whole family, yeah. she would. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She'd get over it pretty quick when she realized that none of them could die. Uh, yeah, yeah. She'd be like, oh, my God, the weight has been lifted off my shoulders. <laughs> Seriously. Your entire life. Like, That's all what you need. You just need to be immortal. Life? I don't have to worry anymore. <laughs> what would I do with my anxiety? Where would it go? What would I, what would oh, I put that worry. into? You'll think about second grade you you would find It'll new happen. hobbies like new things to collect i'm like i feel like all vampires of a certain age are just like they've done all of the things and now they're just like really strange like i i collect this one specific coin from like my ex-boyfriend's empire because i don't want anyone else to have it so i can destroy them all like i feel like you know <laughs> something like that Okay, okay. Something uh-huh. similar to that. <laughs> Something specific. I think needle felting would be cool, but I mean. Oh, yeah. Okay. You could sit and watch TV and do yeah. that shit. Fuck yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Yeah. A shizzle. I also might might learn how to knit someday. Anyway, that is a literally off topic, but that made me think. I was it. just thinking about what my husband would look like a vampire, and I think I'd be into it. I think he'd be the best looking vampire. Husband, yeah, maybe a good vampire husband. I think so. Kind of Raphael vibes, like an older yeah. Raphael, if you will. Uh huh. At least he's not fourteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. If I was going to be turned vamp, I'd want to do it now, not when I'm like sixty. I don't know. It wouldn't be any fun to have a sixty-year-old body all the time. I'm thirty-six and my body. Yeah, hurts. but you're a vampire, so your body wouldn't hurt. <laughs> Okay, I guess that's But fair. then you wouldn't have to... Okay, but, like, would you... No, because I would want to be young so I could be a vigilante, because that's what I would do with my vampire life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would want a honey trap. <laughs> like the Dutch resistance ladies in World War II, they used to honey trap Nazis and murder them. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yes. That sounds right. <laughs> Oh my god. I feel like I'm I I'm a freaking vampire. I only I only drink human blood when it's from a rapist or a murderer. <laughs> Isn't that what the dude from Twilight did? Yeah. yeah. Right? And he was just into bad yeah. dudes because he felt guilty. <laughs> He's like, I'm on the hunt for a bad boy. <laughs> Literal hugs. He's, he's like that that song Mike Jones. Are you a bad bitch? <laughs> oh okay, my God. I have a All quick right, sidebar guys. really quick. I'm so sorry. Yes, so Jason, um, we, we were in the car and a song came on the radio by someone named S- Sweetie, but it's S-A-W-E-E-T-I-E or whatever. I don't listen to okay. the radio. I don't know who any of these people are. 
But it was okay. a song called Best Friends. And he goes, I think of you guys, oh, yeah. oh. us, in the, our little pod hub, when when I hear this song. And he played it for me. And I was like, Ooh. I'm like, I guess the I guess the energy is there. Um, but that's about it. I've never actually listened to the words, but I know what song that is from TikTok. Oh, oh um, I had never heard it before. There was. OK, OK. My husband likes the song. Okay. I'll have to listen to it. It was really funny, though. And she did, like, a McDonald's meal thing, right? Yeah. That's... Uh I think so. That sounds right. That's how I first know her. She did one of those McDonald's things. Uh Uh-huh. Because I remember seeing that name. Yep. When I was getting Happy Meals. Okay. God, I'm old. Hashtag old lady. This new, like, celebrities creating, like, custom meals for McDonald's. Is this, like, this generation's, like, collector's cup? Well, you don't get anything from it. You just order the food that they've selected but for it, you. But it's like the fucking NFT of, like, promotional mm-hmm. stuff. Like, back in the day, we used to get, like, glass fucking Olympics cups that had, like, Mickey yeah. Mouse on it and shit. You would collect the Flintstones Or the ones. Shrek yeah, ones. Exactly. The Shrek cups. Yeah. And nowadays, they're those. just like, we're so just cool. selling you the experience of the same meal Cardi B ate. What? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um... This is like a sidebar, but my grandma has the Dairy Queen um, blazer glasses. Um, oh, I have two which of is them. Pretty cool. They were my grandma's. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I think one of mine is Clyde Drexler. Uh-huh. Okay. Which was my fave. I was four, so you know I had a favorite trailblazer. Well, of course. Apparently. Well, I liked him too because he had a really fun name. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's a cool name to say. What is it with everybody's grandma being really into the Blazers? My grandma was like, we we would like stop the presses. Well, because whenever we watched the Blazer game, dinner was popcorn from Costco, which was pre-popped in those big, giant plastic bags. And so we'd get our cereal bowls and we would have popcorn for dinner while we watched the Blazer game. My grandmother loved it. I don't know why. That is so cute. I wonder if it's a generational thing. Like it was popular, Uh, like basketball was super popular so they like got into it or something well they won a championship in the late 70s that's probably why so that would make sense Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah one of the championship guys that was on the team is my next door neighbor that's cool Mm -hmm. (sighs) we don't talk to him anyway (laughs) kyle has uh I have no idea what I'm trying to say here. Kyle has to know what happened. Oh, 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 oh. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, I got my I got my bearings underneath me. Is that a thing? I don't know. Anyway, Kyle asks Simon, like, what the fuck just happened, dude? Like, you pushed me and I didn't even see you move. Mm-hmm. And Simon has no answer because, of course, he's not just going to be like, oh, look at my forehead. Gosh. So he just <laughs> is like, I didn't mean to. <laughs> How do you not tell so somebody at he that tells, point? Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, I mean, because obviously it shoved him really hard. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Simon, or Kyle tells Simon to get the fuck out, go to the van, and he's going to help and deal with Maureen. So Simon goes out to the back alley of the, you know, awful dive bar that Kristen described and is trembling with what I assume is adrenaline. 
this disgusting alleyway looks beautiful and everything seems really enhanced because he's obviously like he feels like he can run 10,000 miles and then he suddenly feels bad about feeling so good. Mm -hmm. I understand that. So I have to add that the adrenaline sounds a lot like what happened to me after I had after I gave birth to Olivia. I was shaking uncontrollably for like at least 45 minutes like super I could not keep my body it was insane and maybe it was just adrenaline maybe it was also a loss of blood because I was in the hospital for five days because of how much blood I lost yeah yeah, (laughs) a a little bit of shock (laughs) yeah 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 a little bit of both but I just I understand that trembling I've never experienced anything like that before so I imagine that's what he was going through also when I was in the hospital with William Audrey, I can't remember which one of my kids it was, but I was getting ready to do an epidural. I think it was Audrey and my body was shaking and they were like, basically, oh, this is this like the last stage of labor is starting. And like your body just does it with getting like basically pumping you up for like adrenaline and stuff so that we yeah. can actually like yeah. deliver the baby. Interesting. <laughs> so. so it had to have been Instead adrenaline. Instead of getting you pumped to flip a yeah. bus. Yeah. They're getting you pumped to push out a baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so suddenly a woman pops up out of nowhere and it sounds and she like she asks if he's okay he remembers seeing her sitting inside at one of the tables and she confirms that he's okay again and asks if she can call anyone for him but of course he declines and she's like okay and just hands him her business card and of course as we suspected she's a band promoter and i'm confused because i thought this was a shitty little place and they were a shitty little band but it's new york baby (laughs) if you say so right so she tells him to give her a call if they're ever interested in going big time so he's like yeah whatever put it away so he peeks around the corner and saw matt and kirk and a few of their friends loading the gear into the van and i'm sure they're wondering like where the fuck kyle and simon are when all the hard work needs to be done (laughs) (laughs) my assumption is they think they're both pooping battle Mm -hmm. shits battle shits yes So he does see Isabel standing at the van also. And of course, even though she is probably stronger than both of the boys, she is not helping because that's not her vibe. So for some reason, he decides to go talk to her. And I personally think I would have just ghosted and told her I left because I wasn't feeling well. Like, you're a vampire. Just run home. You don't have to get a ride home. You can run really fast. And I don't know. Anyway, she asks where he went, and he told her he wasn't feeling well. So, still used my excuse. <laughs> Why isn't he being honest? I don't know. He's fuck. I mean, I don't know. Kyle told him to go wait by the van. He's listening to mom. I guess. I guess, but at first he wasn't even by the van. He had to, like, peek around the corner. Annoying. So, anyway, she's like, oh, well, at least you're fine now. And she starts to, like, give him some love. And he's relieved when he doesn't feel the urge to bite her, but then instantly feels guilty because he just fed. Mm. Yeah, I'm all full. I don't Mm. need any more. Yeah. All done. (laughs) All done. So Simon asks Izzy, asks Izzy if she's seen Jace anywhere, and she tells him about the icky PDA sesh that she stumbled Mm. into because that was gross. (laughs) And Simon, of course, is like, 
Clary said she wasn't coming. And then he thinks to himself that the cake appointment must have been canceled. And the only reason I'm even typing it up is because we're all wondering what kind of, like, wedding mm-hmm. appointment Jocelyn would have had in the evening. Agreed. It was a cake appointment, guys. I guess it's fair. No, you've yeah. been waiting. You've yeah, been waiting. I was. <laughs> That's the answer. Anyway, Simon just really doesn't care um, that Jace turned out to be a shitty bodyguard. He just hopes that Clace is on the mend. Like, maybe they got to talk. Maybe that's what they're doing. And as he asks, since the night is turned into the 1997 remake by Will Smith of Just the Two of Us, we could make it. Uh, maybe he wanted to go somewhere and dot, dot, dot. Because um, she doesn't get to finish. Because she is not into the Oh, public. yes. Yeah, she, she's like, no, PDA. we can go not to a room. Simon. It's embarrassing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. My dishy friends, it is time. The fucking. Because coming up the street is none other than New York's sexiest female person slash wolf, Maya, who's getting a face full of Izzy's arm around Simon's waist. The crew straight up stops, like the band needs to gawk at the drama <laughs> about to go down. I would do the same Maya thing. is soaking wet in a Canadian tuxedo, holding a rolled up piece of paper, okay? Canadian tuxedo. Mm. Is that a denim Diane suit? Yeah, she's, yeah. <laughs> she's denim on denim. And that just sounds miserable. It was a bad yeah. choice. That sounds heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like her, like, again, her hair is all plastered to her face and stuff. And so like she has this piece of paper in her hand and she tells him, she's like, oh, you said that you were busy this morning. But then someone puts this. Uh. And she like gets the paper out. Uh, yeah. A flyer to the gig tonight. OK. That's what she's showing them. Under the door at the station. The cogs have locked into place for Izzy. And she's like, whoa, wait a second. Hold on. Time Ooh. out. Are you two dating? Maya asks if um, she and Simon are items. So, like, Izzy's asking Maya if her and Simon are together. And before Maya answers, she asks, well, like, are you and Simon together? And Izzy says yes um, for a few weeks now. And then Maya confirms back that she and Simon have been seeing each other since September. Izzy's like, I can't believe it. And then she asks Simon for an explanation. Okay. Explain yourself. Mm-hmm. The van's completely loaded. And Eric, being a 100% teenage boy, makes like a, like a bank of phone with his hands. <laughs> and he's like, ladies, ladies, there's no need to fight. There's enough Simon to go around. I can't says. even imagine how annoyed I would be of that. Oh, my God. No. And then Izzy gives him the mom stare. Okay. It's her turn now. And like the band file into the van and like drive off. They're like, which seems a little brash. You should still watch the drama, but whatever. Uh Maya's equally like TO'd um, as Isabel saying that she also cannot believe Simon. And she's like, why do you lie? And Simon pulls out the technicality card, saying that he didn't tell either girl that they were exclusive, and he knows that Izzy has been dating other people. And Izzy says, like, um, she, yeah, yeah, I was dating people, but, like, not anyone that you know. Um, and then she asks Simon, like, how would you feel if I was, like, dating Eric? Well, she was hitting on <laughs> Kyle. Simon says, 
Yeah. Right. And Simon says, stunned, because, you know, he's not <laughs> Which, I mean, try to get some humor to light the uh-huh. situation. It didn't work. So the girls joined forces, and Miss Claire couldn't have said it better. Quote, the two of them faced him down together in a movable wall of female rage. Absolutely. Fully support. I know. Yes. I would. I just wish it would have said feminist rage. But Uh I guess it's not really feminism, but female rage. I love it. Simon wonders, like, how far he could make it if he decided to, like, Usain it out of there. (laughs) But decides to. Decides to make a sorry-ass apology, saying that he knew he should have said something, and he just really liked them both and didn't want to hurt anything. Because Simon's the nice guy. And then he has his internal thought. Okay? I want to discuss this. Okay? This is what it says. Simon had never thought of himself like that. He was a nice guy. The kind of guy who got overlooked, passed up for the sexy bad boy or the tortured artist type. For the self-involved kind of guy who would think nothing of dating two girls at the once, with maybe not exactly lying about what he was doing, but not telling the truth about it either. Wow, he said mostly to himself, I am a huge asshole. Okay? Yep. Tell me. I heard you say it before I even went into it. Like, what are your thoughts on the nice guy profile? It's a lie. Nice guys are only nice guys because they're trying to get something for it. I think and we've they're established not nice when they don't yeah. get it. Over several books, he's not a nice guy. Because a real nice guy wouldn't do things with the expectation of something in return. Like, preach. Oh, Clary, I've put in the work. I love you. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Guilt yeah. her into a relationship. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. He's icky. I think. Uh huh. I think it's Just part of the problem. Like. It. I mean, but it's nice that he acknowledges that that's a shitty thing. Like, it's nice that there's some introspection there of, like, he kind of went through Mm -hmm. the process and he's like, no, that's still real shitty. Yeah. Uh Well, he but he's still claiming himself, like, as Mm -hmm. the nice guy. He's like, I'm the nice guy. I'm not this other guy. But, like, being the nice guy is actually being the other guy. He hasn't made it full, full circle yet. Uh Where it's like, if you have to tell yourself... And claim yourself as a nice guy, then you aren't actually exactly. a nice guy. Mm. Yeah, he hasn't come full. He's the the access is rotating, but he hasn't made it full circle let, yet. Let me let me be just as a word of wisdom from your elders. A hundred percent. Some of the best dudes that I've known in my life that we're actually good guys, will tell you themselves that they're assholes. That's like a green flag. When a guy's like, I'm an asshole, means he probably isn't going to fucking lie to your face. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, still be careful. But, like, usually the the, Uh the brush ones that are just going to fucking say shit, you'd rather that than pretty words. Mm Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah. Signing off. We walked uphill both ways okay. to school. I love it. Okay, so the girls both agree that Simon is too little too late. They don't care about his crappy apology that he knows is also a crappy apology. <laughs> and he's saved by Kyle coming out of the bar looking serious, but not like you broke some major downwater laws by murdering a child serious. Okay, he's serious, <laughs> but he's not that serious. Because... um. 
in the book, we didn't take it. Like, before he left, he checked and Maureen still had a pulse. Before Kyle oh, yeah. told him to, like, mm-hmm. get the fuck out of the way. Mm-hmm. And so, it like, faint, he's... but it was there. Yeah. Sorry, uh-huh. I did So that. in his head, he's like, maybe mm-hmm. she's not dead. And Kyle makes his way over while the girls have their backs to him. Um, and they're still telling Simon what a POS he is. And Izzy says that she's going to talk to Clary about her choice and friends, which, like, okay. But, like, we all know how Izzy acted to yeah. Clary about, like, you were saying, like, like, oh, I wouldn't date anybody, but I'm going to, like, talk about Kyle and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Which, to be fair to her, is 100%, like we said, Izzy is, it's yeah. her mask. Mm-hmm. She's self-sabotaged, so, so she could get hurt. And then, and then it just, he just proved himself right. So it just solidified why she does the things she does. Yep. Right. So Simon calls out to Kyle asking about how Maureen is not wanting to like, wait, hold on. I wrote that weird. Okay. So Simon calls out to Kyle asking like how Maureen is doing. He's like, how's Maureen? But he doesn't want to, like, put himself in even, like, worse light for attacking a mundane. So he doesn't, like, go into details. Like, is she alive? He just asks how she's doing. Um, But we don't really have to dwell on, like, his awkwardness for very long. Because once Maya got a look at Kyle, she was not doing so well. The blood drained from her face and Kyle was looking back at her in shock. And all I can think about are those old cartoons where they're like, ghost! And Izzy asks if they know each other, but instead of answering, Maya says, Jordan, and then lunches out at him and puts her claws right into his oh, neck yeah. meat. From everything we yeah. heard from this Jordan guy, I would, this, hmm? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Okay, make sure that you read chapter 10, 232 Riverside Drive for next week's episode. For behind-the-scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Downworldlergish Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.